You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock of the Dallas Morning News, here today on episode 300, the final episode of 2020 of the Locked On Rangers show. How on earth did we make it here? 300 shows is, it's just, it's so many shows. 653 days after dropping our preview episode, Locked On Rangers has finally made it to episode number 300. It's been an incredibly tough year as a Rangers fan, as a human being, but we finally made it to the final day of this Astros cheating scandal of a year. As an extreme perfectionist and as a journalist, I hate, hate, hate tooting my own horn or acknowledging any accomplishments unless they're truly outstanding. So at first, I didn't really want to do anything special for episode 300, and it'd just be another random, boring off-season episode. Uh, but since this pod has grown to mean so much to me and hopefully to y'all, I figured I owed it to all of us to do something a little special for this episode. So with that in mind, I want to take a look or more accurately, a, a listen back through some of my favorite parts of the previous 299 episodes. We're, we're not we're not going to just do all of them, so don't don't worry about that. Um, let's start with the very very first episode. Um, back when I'd actually edit every single filler word out and script almost every single word until Morgan and I finally encouraged each other um, to get out of our own, own heads and actually talk about baseball like normal human beings would. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, Rangers writer at WFAA, joined as always by the wonderful Morgan Price of Lone Star Ball. How are you doing, Morgan? I'm great. How are you? Ah, oh, I am super duper. Episode <laughs> one, official episode one of Locked On Rangers, not episode zero. Um, we're official, officially uh, here. And, and we're officially less than a week away from opening day. I am so stoked for baseball to start. I'm actually wearing uh, Deer Chairs, Bart and Timmy shirt, as you can see. Uh, uh, I should have busted mine out. Well, you can save it for opening day. I'm probably going to have to wash it again um, <laughs> before opening day. Gosh, that sounded so different than what's going on right now. But from humble beginnings, we are in humble middles or ends, whatever. Who knows? I can't predict the future. But I'm not going anywhere. This is not a goodbye episode. This is just a looking back at 300 episodes. So my goodness, I just I can't believe how far we've come. But let's look at one of my favorite interview moments that came from Frisco Media Day back in 2019 and uh, Brock Burke telling his crazy trade story. It's still one of my favorite stories I've heard from any media day. So let's take a listen to that. So how did you find out about the trade? When did you, where were you and what was kind of I have the process a crazy trade story, actually. I was in right. Belize and it was the one time I've ever left my phone at home. And my phone <laughs> was at home and I got back and found out that I got traded. I think I got traded on Thursday. I got back on Saturday and I got to my phone. I had like hundred something missed texts. I'm like, huh, I wonder what happened. <laughs> finally, I had to like apologize to everyone. I'm sure they probably thought I was dead or something. <laughs> so I had to call the Rays and call the, the Rangers and tell them I'm still alive. And, and I, was, I was happy to be traded. So. How was Belize? It was fun. It was really fun. Nice to get out of Colorado in the, the cold and get, it, get to the warm other than the, the cell phone issue. It was, it was fun. <laughs> 
There's been a lot of extremely fun moments to react to the past few years, despite the Rangers being mostly trash. When the Rangers traded for a Cy Young winner, when the Rangers were the center of the baseball world after the Padres tragedy tragedy <laughs> that happened right when I was deciding to go into the woods for a little bit, of course. Bad timing, of course. But let's take a listen to some of those great moments to react to the last couple of years. Morgan, we got some breaking news. Corey Kluber is a Texas Ranger, pending physicals and official announcement. But like, what? What the heck, Morgan? What? What the heck? <laughs> yeah. What? What the heck? Um, I, maybe JD listened to our last episode and like, we were both kind of upset. I was very upset. I think I was the most upset I've ever been with JD. And then he was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Nope, can't have this. <laughs> and now I'm like. What, I was upset with JD. Me? Never. Ever no. In my never, life. Never said a crossword about JD in my entire life. Never. Would no, never. No one could never. <laughs> <laughs> Your man could never. But yeah, so this deal um, was officially announced. Uh, not, not officially announced yet, um, but it was reported by um, Ken Rosenthal was talking this morning. He said uh, expra- a trade was, was like happening to Today, um, Rangers were the favorite, and then um, Levi, um, friend of the pod, Levi Weaver, um, was saying that um, Class A was going to be part of the deal, and then uh, Ken Rosenthal said that Delino um, and Class A were the deal, um, and then we heard that there might be more in the deal, and then um, the Indians beat reporter for the Athletic, I can't remember who that is, um, but... Um, said that that was it, and then everybody else said that was it, Evan Grant, and uh, everybody else confirmed, like, that's it. So it's a two-for-one swap. This is literally, like, the du- like the dumbest deal. Not for the Rangers, but, like, for the Indians. Like, I don't I don't understand. Zach uh, Maisel is, is the yeah. Cleveland Indians reporter um, who said the deal is two-for-one. No cash is involved, so Corey Kluber's on an extension – the Indian. The only reason this is like possible is because the Indians are notoriously cheap. Um, <clears throat> Kluber is going to be 34 heading into next year. Um, he is a two-time Cy Young Award winner for Delano De Shields and Emmanuel Classe. This is stupid. Stupid good for the Rangers. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick of the Dallas Morning News, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's also brought to you by the Unwritten Rules. Oh my goodness. What a game we had last night. There was a baseball game. There was a basketball game. And I am somehow still mad at 10.45 on the next day. Still mad about both of them. It's going to be my talk with our boy Javi of Locked On Padres, which is a great talk. We get into a lot of things. Um, specifically at the end, we talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. because I love him and he is amazing at baseball and he is so fun. And, you know, I'm so mad that people are trying to ruin this. He is a dang good baseball player. If you did not watch the game last night or you have not been on Twitter.com since last night or you just aren't on Twitter.com at all and didn't watch the game, then let me let me tell you what went down. <sighs> The Rangers were losing. They were getting their butts kicked. It was bad. Everything was bad. And Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam. Ah, cool. Good for Fernando Tatis Jr. In case you didn't know, his dad, Fernando Tatis Sr., 
who actually made his Major League debut with the Rangers, once hit two grand slams in one inning. He is the only baseball player to ever do that. So you could say grand slams are a Tatis family tradition. And they're a great tradition to have. If you're a family that could hit, you know, grand slams in the major leagues, then by all means, make that your legacy as a family and hit grand slams anytime you please. But the Rangers didn't like this grand slam. They really didn't like this grand slam. Specifically, Chris Woodward had some thoughts about this grand slam. It was given up on a 3-0 count, um, which I think is the stupidest rule in baseball, unwritten rule, of all the unwritten rules. Like, there's a lot of them, and they're all trash. Every single one of them is trash, and I hate them so much, and they are going to kill the sport of baseball so that no one will have any fun, and everyone will feel bad about everything good that they did. Man, there have been a whole lot of episodes and so much that has gone on in the last two years. Um, but let's take a quick break and hear this word from our sponsors. When we come back, let's look a little bit more of the best episodes from the last two years. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Are you all ready for some college football? It is college football season, bowl season to the max right now. All kinds of great stuff going on today and tomorrow with the semifinals. And there's only one place that we trust that has you covered Um where you can place all your best sports bets. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Also, betting on baseball does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast has always been a pro fun podcast. That is one stance that I will never change. I've always been pro fun in baseball and life and but just mainly in baseball, since this is a baseball podcast, this is not a life podcast. So some of my favorite episodes are the ones where I get to just pick a topic that's goofy and fun and just go wild with it. Um, a few of my personal favorites were um, the episode where Morgan and I just talked about the Lonely Island visual poem, Let's Bash, which I still maintain is the greatest piece of art related to baseball in human history. Also, the Space Jam series, as well as Beltray Week. Shout out to Morgan for that Beltray Week. is just born out of our absolute obsession with Adrian Beltray. Morgan probably a little bit more passionate than mine, but that was a very fun week. Let's take a listen to some of those episodes right now. All right, so I want to talk about literally the most important <laughs> thing that might have happened to baseball the last 20 years, and I'm definitely not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I am, but like, I'm just so excited about it. I've watched this thing three times it's on the um the original thing it's it's from lonely island which is basically andy sandberg's like um i don't even know how to describe it he writes just hilarious songs yeah uh, and it's a 30 minute what they call a visual poem which i didn't know was a medium until now <laughs> and like if someone had told me like six months ago hey by the way andy sandberg and some other guy and i feel really bad because i don't know his name um are going to do a 30-minute video visual poem about the Bash Brothers, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, and I about with a, a rapping album. I'm like, that. I wouldn't 
know how to process that. <laughs> but now that I've seen it and experienced it, like it's just it makes me so happy. And so I Morgan hadn't seen it quite yet. And so literally right before we watched this, we we hit some of the highlights and and watched uh, three or four of the songs just so we could we could talk about this. But so it, it, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's on Netflix. You can listen to the album like pretty much anywhere you want to listen to albums. But um, you can only watch watch all of it uh, on Netflix. So let's just start with in the beginning with the first song, Jose and Mark. Oh my gosh. Morgan, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Like immediately I knew, like I had already had like a laugh just ready because I just knew (laughs) I was going to be busting out laughing the whole time. (laughs) And I was, and it was just amazing. And like I had, I swear I maybe saw like a little something on Twitter, like just scrolling. I was like, oh, I'll come back and then forgot. And then you told me to watch it really, like parts of it really quick. And I didn't know what to expect, but I loved it (laughs) (laughs) so much. And, like, I have only really paid attention to Andy Samberg from, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it was also kind of weird because in my mind I was like, oh, my God, it's Jake Peralta playing a baseball player. Like, he's undercover. Like, this is what happens. Like, that's all I was thinking about. And sometimes I don't really like that kind of humor that, like, they have in there. But, like, I was busting out laughing through most of this. (laughs) Yeah, it was so... Like, there's so many things that I love about it. Like, Andy Samberg is such a brilliant performer. and Like, he's such a goofy-looking dude. And he, like, he does so many different things. But, like, he knows, like, when people see my face, like, they just want to laugh because I'm ridiculous-looking. And I do all these things that are so ridiculous. But, like, the thing that's so good about this is it's so visually appealing. Like, the first song, like, and just the contrast that's, like, of Jose. And he's so big and expressive and whatever. And just, and I'm Mark. (laughs) Like, I just want to, like, if my it's name... so good. I want to change my name to Mark, so I can just randomly go to people like, and I'm Mark. I'm Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Those episodes were a lot of fun, but maybe the more important episodes were this summer, addressing how the Rangers handled Black Lives Matter, and when one take maker's throwaway sentence about Dak Prescott somehow got me to spend a whole entire episode on the importance of mental health. Did not go into that episode expecting... To talk about that, but I really liked how it ended up. I felt like it was very important, so I just kept that in there, and that was the episode. So let's take a listen to some of those moments right here. Thank you, Delino, for being so open and honest. This is a really tough thing to read, and it's one of the things that a lot why a lot of players, and not just MLB players, um, the very few black MLB players that there are, but also the entire a whole lot of the NBA um, is protesting and speaking up. Because they bring the, bring up this point, like what happened with Delano Shields. He got out of this. He wasn't arrested or in trouble or anything, basically because he was famous. And that's not a card that um, most black people can play. But he realizes this. And even still, being famous, they didn't recognize him immediately. Because someone felt threatened because his buddy was taking practice swings um, outside his car that... Um, he was being threatened with a sword-like object, which just, unless it was a metal bat, I don't really see what the issue was there. I don't think he was carrying around metal bats. So if you see someone with a wooden sword-like thing, I don't I don't get it. No, I'm not trying to justify it at all. It's just stupid. The whole thing is stupid and wrong. And that's just one of many experiences. One of the things in the piece that uh, Evan Grant wrote, this is a really good quote from Taylor Hearn. He said, in any relationship, you have to have vulnerability. There's a lot of anger that's built up. We can't sit quiet anymore. 
People have to be willing to sit down and listen and not be so fast to respond. Just listen for a while. But it's a conversation a lot of people don't want to have. Billy Calhoun shared the police talk the one he's had with his friends and talked a little bit more about that. This is uh, one last quote from Willie Calhoun of what he said um, about his experience. I'm young, black, and have sleeves of tattoos on both my arms, Calhoun said this week. I know I get, I get stereotyped. It's uncomfortable to have this conversation, but it has to be had. It's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, racism is like a cloud of dust or smoke. It just hangs there. I don't know how to explain it, but we just have to have, we just have different protocols than other people wouldn't. I have to think long and hard about a lot of different things before I do anything. That's something I have a problem with. I've got a platform now, and I want to use it. Thanks to these guys for speaking up, but it's something that's so incredibly difficult to talk about, but I think it's time that a lot of us listen. So I hope I could do their stories justice. There's a lot of change that needs to be made, and I think it's time that we listen to these players on the many changes that need to be made and the realities of experiences that are different from our own. So I don't want to get too much into this because I don't like giving Skip Bayless any attention, but he decided to open his mouth and say something stupid, which is not anything shocking, but more importantly, he decided to say something stupid about people who struggle with mental health. Dak Prescott was diagnosed with clinical depression after his brother committed suicide, which is a very serious subject and very heartbreaking. Like I can't imagine what would happen if my brother committed suicide? He is one of the people I'm closest to on this earth, and I would be beyond beside myself for ever, honestly. And the fact that Skip Bayless decided to go on there and say that Dak Prescott isn't as tough a leader and isn't as like hard or whatever stupid th- way he decided to phrase it is just stupid. It's hurtful. It is just wrong it's absolutely wrong and he shouldn't have a job to go in a platform to say these stupid things there's a difference between saying someone's weak or whatever because they didn't win the big game or uh you know this guy isn't clutch because he can't hit his free throws in the clutch or this batter um you know he he doesn't know how to handle this one particular pitcher so um he's weak or whatever like that that's fine that's normal sports stuff that's whatever But attacking someone's mental health and someone who is diagnosed with depression and is being open and vulnerable about it and showing that even someone in his position, the freaking quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys saying like, hey, I struggle with this and it doesn't make you less of a person. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't matter. Depression doesn't just pick on the weak people or the strong. people. It picks on anybody. It does not discriminate. And for him, for Skip Bayless to use his stupid platform to try and attack someone like him in Mental Health Awareness Month, it's it's wrong. Speaking up about things like this saves lives. It really does. It's something that a lot of people struggle with, something that I have struggled with, something that my family has struggled with, and it's very personal to me. And for someone to use their platform to attack someone trying to be open and vulnerable and help people and show young kids that might be struggling with this or even adults, whatever age you might be, seeing someone in a position that you you should think, oh yeah, this guy's got his life figured out, he's fine, everything's fine, he's a millionaire, and he plays quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, and saying, oh, if someone like that struggles with mental health, then it's okay 
for me to admit that I struggle with it and take some of the stigma away. Because that's one of the most dangerous parts about it is you get in your own head. You think, oh, some people might see this and not be able to brush it off because they don't – they actually value what Skip Bayless has to say. And they think, oh, maybe I am weak. Maybe I don't deserve this. Maybe I should just be able to pull myself up by my bootstraps, which, by the way, is an incredibly bananas expression. You literally can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you're pulling yourself up from the ground, you just stand up. You push yourself up. You don't yank yourself up by your feet. That's stupid. It makes no sense. Also, it's not even possible. You can't do that. It doesn't make sense. Stop using it. Unless you're using it ironically or to tear down the people who use it sincerely. Anyway, all this to say, if you're struggling with mental health, it's okay. My DMs are always open. If you are struggling with mental health, if you want someone to talk to, please do not hesitate to reach out. I would be happy to talk with you about any of this. Um, and so if, you know, if you're going through this, know you're not alone. Someone like Dak Prescott can go through this. Someone like me can go through this. Someone like you can go through this. It does not make you a worse person. It does not make you weak. It makes you strong for admitting it and admitting that you need help. Because it's not something you can just fix on your own. You can't just muscle your way through it. Otherwise, a lot of people would have already muscled their way through it by now. But it's not something like that. That's not how this works. So um, I just want to close my show in saying, if you're ever struggling with mental health, please do not hesitate to reach out. Do not feel like you are alone and do not feel like you're weak because you are strong. And this is something that everyone goes through and you can get through it with help. Some of the stuff that I really loved, not just the fun or the serious stuff, was just chatting up with an interesting guest um, who also sometimes happened to be my friend, but mo most times happened to be my friend. But uh, let's listen to, to some of those, including our most frequent guest, Levi Weaver of The Athletic. And here we are with our very special guest that we promised y'all uh, last week. It's total mystery guy you've never heard of. Um, uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Levo Weavi. Uh, is that, did I pronounce it right, sir? Yes, that's me. I am happy to be here. You could not afford the regular guy, but you get Levo. Hello. <laughs> what uh, a show. Oh, my gosh. We are here uh, to talk about uh, hockey and also kill ball, this sportive event, event where we kill the ball and then the ball kill us back very popular <laughs> in my home country thank you for having me Bronx. what what uh what home country is, is that exactly eurasia <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is wonderful in case you don't recognize north, north uh, of the palopines and from i'm sorry this is stupid i'm sorry <laughs> it's wonder i i love i love the commitment in case you aren't aware this is levi weaver beat, rangers beat writer of the athletic um yes. the illustrious levi weaver um also future concert haver um levi. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, my hunger yeah. strike continues by the way i still haven't eaten since our very first episode <laughs> Man, the commitment. These are the rules of kill ball. This is how you play kill ball. You don't eat for many weeks. <laughs> We've gone full circle. <laughs> wow, man! Episode, the which we recorded people love so that. long ago that nobody will remember it. It's been an incredibly fun two years of doing this show. After making 300 episodes over 100 hours worth of audio, this show has been a big part of my life. It's given me a good reason to obsess over a middling baseball team. I would have obsessed over anyway. Um, it's given me an excuse to rant about niche baseball stuff you listeners appreciate, or I at least tell myself you appreciate it. And my family would get annoyed and uh, confused just hearing me rant about it over and over again. So uh, thanks for that. It's given me comfort to hide in the minutia of baseball during tough points in my life, like when my older brother 
was deployed for nearly a year um, and also during a deadly and terrifying pandemic like we're in right now. So putting together this show nearly every day has brought me so much comfort and joy, which I hope I've been able to give back to you at least as much as I've been able to get from y'all and from this show. But before I call it a year, I want to give some thank yous, some very well-earned thank yous um, to just a few people. First, thank you to every single one of you who has ever listened to this show, who's ever told a friend about this show, who's ever given me feedback on Twitter, written a review, comments, wherever. I still can't believe how many of y'all care what I have to say about this team, and I do not take it for granted that I get to make money talking to the internet about baseball. It is an absolute joy. Secondly, thank you to David Locke for giving me someone with barely any podcasting experience a chance to host his own show with someone, Morgan, who also did not have any podcasting experience, um, and for believing in us and me, even when Morgan left, to just keep this show going and giving us a part of this amazing network to be able to grow it and enjoy it and benefit from it as well. Uh, I am just so, so thankful for that. Third, thank you to all of my guests, especially Levi Weaver, who has come on way more times than someone as important and fancy as him should. Um, I am so grateful for getting to talk to you on a podcast and having your cloud give me a bigger platform, which is kind of insane. And to all of you other guests, all the crossover episodes I've done with every other locked on show. Um, well, I haven't done it with every other locked on show. We're, we're, we're getting there. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, but just thank you to all of you for being so generous with your time. Um, and joining me to talk about baseball or the Mandalorian or Festivus or whatever the heck we're talking about. Um, I really appreciated that. Even if we didn't get to put it on a podcast, just chatting with you. Um, but the fact that y'all were able to do it for a podcast really means a whole lot to me. Um, Fourth, I want to say thank you to Morgan Price. Without you, I would have never made it to episode three, let alone to 300. You helped build this show into what it is. And though it hasn't been the same without you, I deeply appreciate all the late nights and hard work and dealing with my inconsistent and weird schedule and all of the ideas and joy and enthusiasm that you brought to this podcast um, and for your friendship. I just would not be the same without you. And especially this podcast would definitely not be the same without you. So thank you so much, Morgan, for all that you've done. Lastly, I want to thank my parents who constantly support and encourage me as well as listening to nearly every single episode of this show. Mom, dad, I know you're listening and I love y'all. So these first 300 shows have been amazing and I cannot wait to do 300 more. I'll probably space it out, you know, give it a couple years until we get to 600. I don't think I'll do 600 by like January 7th. So you got some time. Um, but have a happy new year. And as always, don't forget to enjoy baseball. <laughs>